Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are now listening to the Playmaker Podcast. What's going on, family? This is the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. I'm your co-host, Nikita Monroe-Thomas. And today, we have a special guest. She goes by the name of Burgundy Baker. You may know her as Keisha from The Shy. We want to thank you for joining us, and welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so, let, let before we dive into The Shy... Um, Let's talk about your upbringing and how you got into acting. Was it, did you have a, somebody you looked up to in the industry or did it just come organically where you were acting around your house with your friends and it, you just took it to the next level um, and to see where you are now? So how did you become, how did you know that acting was going to be a thing for you? Oh, well, I grew up in a house of eight people, it was eight of us, and everyone was into the arts in some way, whether it was singing or dancing or acting, so I just grew up around it within my family all my life, and my aunt went to Juilliard for, uh, for college, she majored in acting, and my mom would let me go up to New York and watch the student shows in Juilliard and watch her performances in Juilliard, so... I just, I've been watching it all my life and been around it all my life. So I think it was kind of inevitable. So I see you went to Howard's musical theater program. So how was that experience? Was it like the HBCU Howard or was it like a different experience being in a musical theater program? Yeah, it was different. I mean, I still got the Howard experience, but I don't think I got it to the extent of the other majors mm -hmm. because with musical theater i mean you're in the theater all day all night rehearsing practicing uh working on songs working on dances you have performances you might be auditioning outside of school so there are a lot of things that take up your time so you know you can't party but um but it was still a very special experience i feel like if i didn't go to howard um I wouldn't have understood the importance of being a black performer because there's a difference between being just an actor and being an African-American actor. And I think Howard really, really helped me understand that. 
And and what was what was the what was the differences that you learned from going to HBCU about being a black actor? Because like you said, it's very important. It's a big difference. What did you learn from being at HBCU that you may have not got to experience elsewhere? Yeah, I learned that we actually do have to work harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like um, as far as the industry, we're behind in so many ways. We don't have as many opportunities. We don't have as many directors, black directors, black casting directors. So as black actresses, you have to work harder to be seen. And you also have to be uh, very aware of your history and very aware of uh, what's going on in society because they, people will try to shortchange you as a black actor. Because you don't have a lot of opportunities, don't let you feel like, oh, just take this and be happy with it. And you always have to keep your eyes and your ears open to what you really deserve. Mm. That's important. That's important. You don't want to take any role just because they're just giving it to you. You want to know the history. That's very important. Yeah. Speak, yeah. Speaking of knowing your history, uh, we had Tyler on a couple weeks ago, and she talked about, well, she gave advice on young actors coming up, especially black actors. Know your, know your history. Do your research. So speaking about that, um, how, how, how is your relationship with Tyler on the show and on a personal level? Oh, my goodness. She is one of my favorite castmates. She's so intelligent. I mean, there were times where we would be getting ready to shoot and she would ask me a question about the character, about the scene, or about the storyline. And I'd be like, oh my God, why why didn't I think of this? Why why didn't I go over this when I was doing when I was working on the scene at home? Like she's so intelligent and she has a theater background, mm-hmm. um, which I think really shows through on TV. She's just very, very magical. She does her work. She puts in 100% everything that she does. And she's really become a role model for me, um, especially off screen. Mm-hmm. And so when we get on screen, it's just, it's just easy. It just flows. So let's talk about uh, this season of The Shy. So this season you have a more like lead character role. Um, so let's talk about first you're, you, you're from North Carolina. Um, I see you moved to Chicago and I did a little research about like the trafficking and how North Carolina is in the top numbers Mm -hmm. of that. And also Chicago as well. They're in the top. So how does that correlate from where you're from and playing that role as Keisha? It's heartbreaking. I, I didn't really know that information until I got the role as Keisha and I started doing research and I was like, wow, so most of the people who are kidnapped not only are in my age group, not only are my skin color, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. also from where I'm from. And it just made it super, super personal. Um, it made it easy for me to really care about, I mean, I, of course I cared, but because it was so personal, it was like the story became even more important. Uh, to tell the story about Keisha. I think people can see that on screen as well because sometimes all of you guys acting this season has just been stupendous and just being able to be a fan and just watch is just like I I had to ask you like like you said you did research and stuff like that but it's you dove into this role with a respect and a, a grace that I just want to let you know you you did it and what what helped you you know, dive into this role and be very serious about it, knowing the history and the background of how serious that the matter is. Yeah, along with, you know, knowing the history and the statistic of the most of the girls who are kidnapped, the director had a talk with me before we started shooting. And she said, you don't know how many girls, maybe, maybe some girls have not been kidnapped, okay? Mm-hmm. But when Keisha is kidnapped, we see her sexually 
verbally mm-hmm. abused. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We see her when she comes out, she goes through depression and trauma. And so those things are things a lot of women have gone through and a lot of people can relate to. And she said, if any woman or young girl is watching and sees this, I want you to give her hope. I want you to make her feel powerful and make her feel like she's not alone. Like she's not the only person who's been through this. And that, what that messed me up. I was like, okay, let me get myself <laughs> together first. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because I would never want somebody to see their story being told on TV and it not be honest. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want them to, to, to watch it and say, oh, my story was told on TV and not, um, and not feel like the person who told the story who told their story cared or uh, really took the time to do it right. So it was really important when she told me, um, you know, remember that this, this is real life stuff that a lot of women have gone through. Yeah, absolutely. You want to not just embody them, but encourage them. That's I think true. that was it. Absolutely. And I, I love how the writers and the directors like show Keisha getting kidnapped. Well, not showing it, but as the storyline went on, show what she went through um, and the struggles and then finally escaping real quick um, and just was in the street, like just smelling the fresh air. Um, I love how they, yeah. and then when uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure everybody saw it, but when, you know, you got captured, um, it shows that you still deal with struggles every day, even though you're back home with your family, it's, you're still going through mm-hmm. things. You, you have to give it time for that person to really get through it because it's not going to just, instantaneously like oh you're back to normal it, it takes time it takes time for you to mm-hmm. heal you got to talk to certain people and it it yeah. takes a lot of time and i'm glad the writers and directors showed that and not just oh she they found her and now she's back to what she was she's going to school for track i'm glad they showed that aspect of it doesn't take it is not overnight that it gets better it takes time i love how they showed that yeah, yeah that's real that's really real i got a chance to talk to the Black Admission Foundation. Mm. If you follow them on Instagram, you can see so many faces of not only women, but children and men who get missing uh, in the African-American community every day. And they told me that finding the person is the first step. There are so many other steps after that because they got to heal. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that was really real that the writers, the writers, they kept it real and put, and put in the, the healing process, mm-hmm. which is not easy. No, I would assume it's not. But also, I think this season as a whole of this shot touched on so many different things that I think a lot of people face in the black community, whether it's a seriousness of getting kidnapped or a seriousness of having a conversation with your child about social media. You know, I don't think a lot of parents sit down and talk to their kids about the importance of understanding the things that you post on social media, also the things that you the people that you interact with. So I always also thought it was important to shed light on that. And you played the role so well as a uh, a pre like a teenager adult going into adulthood like I don't understand why my mom is like pressing on me but <laughs> as as you as people could watch and see when you don't know what your kids doing on social media and something like this happened you're in for a big surprise but I like how the parents didn't blame you or anything like that but I do like how they shed light on how big of a, a, a thing social media can be and it's not always good and was yeah, I hear you. And and what's crazy? Okay. Go ahead. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I, it went out for a second, but I can hear you now. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about the social media aspect of it. How they how they uh, talked about how we was able to see like you um you were on 
I don't know if they call it Instagram on the shop, but you know, you were meeting people, talking to people and you know, they were able to try to find some leads through that. I just thought it was, it's very important for parents to understand, you know, you need to know what your kids are doing. I'm not saying be on top of them, not give them any privacy, but the day and age we live in now, you just need to be a little bit more mindful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So what was your relationship like with uh, your brother in the show, Kevin? Um, how was your relationship on the show and off the sh- off air, how is he as a person? Because um, a couple of our, of our Instagram followers say you guys look just alike, and they wanted to know if you, you guys are real brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, we do look just alike. I was saying, when he came up to me one day, he just stood in front of me. I'm like, what? He was like, you do look like me. I'm like, boy, you look like me. I'm but it's it's great. I see the one in season two. I was just trying to pop in and pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, you know, cordial with everyone, but I didn't really, really get to know everyone. So getting to know him this season was wonderful. Um, he's fearless and um, he's encouraging. He's a very, very special little boy. And we get along off screen and it just, the same thing with Tyler. It just makes it easy. It makes it easy on screen. Um, That's dope. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Y'all so, do seem like a little family. Like, it seems like you can tell, like, you guys have a genuine, like, you know, connection, either whether it's on on camera or off. Like, it's, like, genuine. Like, you could tell, like, y'all fight like brother and sister will fight. Like, you're annoying, get out of yeah. my room. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to see that dynamic, definitely. Yeah. And, and and speaking of you popping in and out on season one and two, in season three, you have a, a like I said before, a main character role. So, what was your biggest challenge in preparing for your role this season? Mm. Yeah, giving the information mm-hmm. um, about what was really going on in the world, mm-hmm. and making sure that I had enough information to tell the story honestly. I was I was nervous because when they when, when they told me what the story was going to be about, I was excited because I'm like, okay, great. We don't see too many shows that uh, center around young black females that are transitioning from teenager to womanhood. Correct. I'm like, hey, this is they haven't focused on Keisha, so this is a good um, this is a good time to to shed some light on black girls. And then when I started seeing the numbers and reading the, the articles of girls who have gone missing and seeing the faces, I was like, whoa, this is going to be of a big responsibility and we had gone through so many changes with the show we had cast members leaving and new casting coming in i was i was nervous that people um maybe wouldn't receive the show as well as they have because mm-hmm. people were so used to seeing their favorites on the show you know we i think people liked keisha but i didn't think uh i didn't know people were ready for keisha to be you know the main character so i was honestly nervous about such a big change because it's our third season Mm-hmm. Um, and people have already established their favorites, so I was I was nervous about that. But then I was like, no, this story is so important, and like the director said, this is about um, getting a special message out, and this is about encouraging women. And so I just got to work in. I just put everything else to the side and and did the research. And I have to trust that the research was enough to to get me going. So a funny question, um, Papa. Um, he's very funny and goofy on the show. Is he the same way on set, or is it just he's playing the character? He's the same way. He's always <laughs> singing. He's always there. I mean, you can ask him a question, and his response will be like a song. <laughs> and 
I I'm still trying to figure out who it was, but I think it was him that started the the pranks on set. We had like a time period on set where we were all just pranking each other, mm. and I'm like, who started this? And I'm sure it was it was either Alex who plays Kevin mm-hmm. or Shaman who plays Papa because they're like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. they bring the laughs and the goofiness on set. Yeah, and and it's funny because. Throughout the show, he he plays that goofy, funny character. But in this season, towards the latter end of this season, he's, he gets in love. And yeah. you see a different side of Papa. So how is that seeing him play like a more serious transitioning into like teenage like love? How did how did that how did that look seeing him transition from funny to like being serious and in love? It's wonderful because. I, in a way, I'm getting to watch him grow up, you know what I mean? Like, watching him take on more seriousness. And then, I, I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers, but he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll show, you know, a little, bit of, uh, a little bit more of his dramatic side mm. in the season finale as well. So it's great just to watch, to watch these boys grow up and to, and to see them. They're not just cute boys. They're, they're real actors. Mm-hmm. You know, as fans of the show, we watch it and we like we see Emmett and him proposing to his like. Do you guys watch it as fans like Emmett? Like you just cheated? Like do you guys watch it as fans like? Like I, I was just taking it back because it's like wow, like you never thought little Emmett would be turning right. into this man, even though he made a, he made a huge mistake that we all seen. But you know, I don't know if he's doing it out of the genuineness of his heart that he loves her. Or that he's trying to sweep over the fact that he did something bad, you know. So, I think that's a dynamic of people want to want to get into too. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know either if if uh, if the writing has him as like genuinely doing this, or if he's just trying to make up for his mistakes. But I'm enjoying seeing his character evolve because you know he he brings a certain element of comedy to the show too. But mm-hmm. now that he is in a relationship and he's got his own business going. We're mm-hmm. seeing him grow. We're seeing him become a man as well. But uh, do we watch it as fans? I don't know about other people. I have to watch it a couple times. The first time I watch it, mm-hmm. I'm just like studying. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Did I do what I thought I did? Was this right? And then the second time I'm like watching it as entertainment. Like I'm actually like laughing at the moments that are supposed to be laughed at <laughs> instead of just like, Instead of critiquing yourself. Parts that I could correct. Or okay. Yeah, I have to watch it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so the season finale is coming up this Sunday. Is there anything that you can give us or maybe um, what we can look forward to this Sunday on the season finale? Yes, um, I will definitely say I think the shy is good for giving you cliffhangers. I think almost every episode this season, we've left the audience kind of like, huh, wait, what's going to happen to this person or what's going to happen to that person? So I would definitely say expect your usual cliffhanger from more than just one character for the season finale. Um, You know, we put Ronnie to rest. (laughs) So... We'll, we'll see his funeral and we'll see how that affects everyone. And um, I think almost every character has like a big decision that that they have to make. I also think the shy is good for, they'll show something 
bad or something that's kind of like heartbreaking, and then they'll show something good. Mm-hmm. So okay. expect to cry and expect oh, just about to ask that is a thug gonna cry? My my eyes gonna water up a little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. This season has been great so far. So I just think this the season finale is just gonna you know give us a little bit enough to hold us over till you guys come back for season four. So um, we don't want to hold you too much longer. I got a couple of followers from my Instagram. They had questions. One was, uh, at what age did you start acting? Oh, I was eight years old and my mom entered me into this contest. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> she just put me in it, <laughs> told me to, you know, do the, do the guidelines of the, of the contest. And I won. Mm-hmm. And they had me shoot commercials and uh, do advertisement for Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Company. They called it a blue box kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to do it and sit in front of the camera. And they, they gave me direction. And I was like, okay, I can, I can really do this. <laughs> and like I said, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I won. And I knew that that was enough to keep going. So. After that, I started taking it seriously, and um, my mom put me in acting classes and dance classes and singing lessons, and so I would say I was around eight when I got my first taste of being on set, um, and then after that, I just I just kept going. That's dope. That's a one more question. Um, someone asks, what was it like playing the role of being kidnapped and locked in that basement for so long? It was really hard. It was really hard. Um, on the days that we shot in the basement, I didn't really talk to my castmates. I definitely didn't talk to Cedric, who played my kidnapper. Um, but it was it was really hard. I had to focus in a way that no other role has has made me have to focus. I mm-hmm. had to meditate because it's heavy and it's dark and it's sad, and you don't want to bring that home. Mm-hmm. So I have to change a lot of my daily routine just um, just to really get into the character and, and be able to withstand all the things that they were asking me to do. Yeah, Tyler mentioned that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I was just saying it was it was hard, and then and then on top of um, doing the work, you got to work on yourself to shake it off because I had some nightmares. Mm-hmm. I had some days I'm walking across the street, and I just had to stop because I'm, I keep looking over my shoulder mm-hmm. and checking my phone, making sure my phone, my battery's charged just in case something happens. So you got to do the work, but you also have to work on yourself to, to release it because you don't want to carry all of it with mm-hmm. you when you go home, you know? Yeah. And that's what Tyler mentioned to us as well about her role is not trying not to bring it home with her because when, when that happens, you go through like some people go through depression um they're they're struggling mentally so that's one thing she said and also gave advice on is try not to bring your role on whatever it is back home with you because you have to you have to try to separate it as much as you can because it can it can be a detriment to your health to your mental to everything Mm -hmm. and um i'm just glad i'm not glad but i'm happy that you you find ways to block that out by meditating and by just not trying to think about it as much. And that's, that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's next for Burgundy Baker? What can we look out for? 
Huh, with this pandemic going on, everything has been really weird. Everything has been virtual. Auditions have been through tape. Mm. So I don't know, depending on what the world looks like. Um, I don't know. I will be possibly returning back to Station 19 okay. on mm. ABC. It was a role I did, I think, over a year ago now. And um, I've just finished my own short film. I've already got my director of photography in place. So okay. I'm hoping to get that shot during the pandemic. It's a short film called Grace. Okay. And I was saying earlier how I, what I really like about the shy is that they shed light on young black African-American females. And we don't see too many shows that do that. Not so Grace anymore. is about a young black girl who is transitioning from uh, being a teenager into womanhood. But her mom has passed away. So she's looking for guidance on just the daily things of womanhood, love, um, you know, taking care of your body and um, becoming a woman. So. Um, I'm hoping to get the short film shot during the pandemic because it is complete. Well, and be on the lookout for that. You said it's called Grace, right? Yeah. Yeah. So guys, be on the lookout for Grace. Um, you'll see that soon. Um, so we always ask this at the end of every episode. Um, who sh- who do you think we should have on our podcast? Whether you know them. Or whether you follow them on Instagram, who do you think we should have on next? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Let me see. Have you all done uh, Entade, who plays Ronnie, yet? No, we haven't. I think that will be great. Okay. Um, he's one of those characters. I, he, he was always one of my favorites because his story was just. It was just he was so was low deep, and yeah. he was about to get high and yeah um and I see like so people are either like team Ronnie or against Ronnie mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have good reason to be either or but he um is such an intelligent actor he takes his work so seriously he's such such an intelligent man and um you know just to support my fellow. Your fellow yeah, castmates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Entire. He plays Ronnie. Okay, so okay, you heard it here. We'll be reaching out soon. Um, so before you go, what's some advice you would give an up-and-coming black actor, photographer, filmmaker, director, anything? Singer, what's some, anything. <laughs> what's some advice you would give them? Um, I would definitely say to be patient. I mean, mm. as you know, I've, I've been, I was on the show season one and season two and didn't really get a lot of time until season three, but it was worth the wait, I think, because the story was so important. So I learned to just be patient. And I would say always create your own things because in times like, you know, when you're not working or like now we have a pandemic, you want to stay inspired mm-hmm. and um, you want to have something to always have something to offer. So create your own things when you're not working. Mm. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> be on your grind. Don't, don't rely on everybody. And on that note, we want to thank Burgundy Baker again for taking some time out of her morning to join us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed and we thank you again, Burgundy, for joining us. We hope you stay safe and healthy um, and progress in your 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 grace film and also in future endeavors. Thank you so much. Same to you. And thank you again for having me. Thank you for being on. We appreciate it.
And on that note, this is the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. I'm your co-host, Nikita Monroe-Thomas. Until next week. Be blessed. Peace. Visit our website at theplaymakerpodcast.com and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.